Dudes Talk Sports, hosted by Will Thomas and Chad Tujak. Hi everybody, hello and welcome to another episode of Dudes Talk Sports. I am your co-host Will, along with co-host Chad. Chad, say hello to the people. Hello, football people of America. Uh, football people of America, including America, we are coming off week one of the National Football League's regular season game. We have a lot to cover this episode. We're going, it's more of a fantasy podcast. Uh, we're going to be going to week one fantasy monsters, fantasy duds, uh, and then also kind of trickling into week two advice. Um, so let's go and get into it. Fantasy Blues, let's actually talk about some personal stories. Chad, how did you do this week in your fantasy wrap-up? So um, I actually lost uh, by three points in the league that you and I share together. Wah, wah. Um, you know, I, I can't say that uh, it was for a lack of effort. The Rams defense gave me 17 points, but I came up a little short. However, in my other league, I did put up about 180 points. I think it's some love from Mike Evans and John <laughs> Connor. So... Not well, bad, so, not great. I was so happy uh, initially because I was watching the game and uh, I knew you had the, the Rams defense. And then, I don't know, within like 45 seconds left, Marcus Peters gets a uh, pick six. I was like, holy shit, Chad's going to pull it out. I looked <laughs> I at it and then you were down by three. I went, oh, that's a uh, heartbreaker. Derrick Henry, mean, man. Derrick Henry sent me back. Bro, what a star. What a star. I had the same thing, though, happen for me. I put the, uh, the most points on the board for the league and then... Jared Cook, of all people, decides, hey, man, somebody taught me how to play football. I'm going to go and get eight receptions for 180 yards or whatever he had. I love and so, football, and I uh, love Vicky Valancourt, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I had somebody hang 165 on me after I already had 155. So it's the same kind of boat. But, I mean, aside from that, I had a, a few leagues where I, I think I had one where I put up 197 in an ESPN. So, again, thanks to James Conner, Mike Evans, and Michael Thomas, I have no idea how I got those two wide receivers on the same team with the running backs that I had. But good news for us. So let's go into uh, to week one fantasy monsters. Uh, we had a few of them. Uh, when I say fantasy monsters, I mean people that we knew who were going to perform lights out. Um you have Michael Thomas, who you know got 42 points, 16 receptions, 180, yeah, 180 yards and one touchdown. You have Mike Evans, seven receptions, 147 yards, one TD. A few other people. Chad, who was some of your favorite fantasy monsters this week? Well, I think the the running back that everybody thought was going to be great, and I rallied to be the, like one of the top four uh, running backs in our previous podcast, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, while he only rushed for 29 yards, he had 112 yards receiving. That's why you kind of go out and grab that guy. And, uh, you know, three total touchdowns. So kind of a monster. I did not expect Tyreek Hill to have as big of a game as he did. But when you are no. returning touchdowns, catching touchdowns, burning defense on the regular, it's pretty uh, pretty good. John uh, uh, James Conner, we kind of expected you him. John Conner? John Conner, yeah. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. Come with me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so James Conner had a, a devastating game for people who drafted Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that was like the biggest kick in the shins. Oh, yeah. Um, and then that was just an ugly, horrendous game that was definitely built around running the ball. We knew, though, week in advance that it was going to be bad weather, a windy game. Uh, we didn't expect it to be as rough and tumble rushing game uh, a struggle as it appeared to be for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they do that. They go on the road and they struggle. Uh, that's what they do. And then uh, my last, my last hero of the day really is Deshaun Jackson, who I kind of felt like uh, with Marcus Lattimore, uh, like blanketing, who I assumed he was going to blanket, or Marshawn, Marcus, yeah, Marshawn? Yeah. Marcus, Marshawn, whatever. M. Lattimore. M. Laddie, M. Laddie. Uh, blanketing Mike Evans, which we knew he was going to cover him that whole game. Mm-hmm. I kind of expected uh, Deshaun Jackson to kind of break out. And yep. uh, 
also expected Chris Godwin to have a breakout game as well. It mm-hmm. kind of crazy. We actually, with all the points that everybody scored, we have no data. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we have absolutely no data. Everything that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw was caught. Um, Deshaun Jackson and um, Mike Evans ended up being the two most efficient oh, wide receivers uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was absolutely disgusting, the things they did. So Mike Evans went 7 for 7, 147 yards and a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson went 5 for 5, 146 mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. Ryan Fitzpatrick went full Harvard on everybody. <laughs> and uh, those Not are my Harvard. those are my fantasy monsters. Well, I think you know. Speaking of Alvin Kamara, I'm supposed to remind you that my wife Jessica, who uh, we're in a fantasy league together, me, you, and her, she's facing you this week, week two, and she has Alvin Kamara. So all she said, she just told me to relay this short, simple Italian message: "Watch out." That's all she said. So I'm supposed to relay that message to you, Chad. Uh, and the one thing that I know when it comes to dealing with Italians because she's Italian. If they give you a nice short proclamation, just please advise. So <laughs> she's, yeah, she, so she's going to let you know, watch out. But I agree, there's a lot of fantasy monsters that really happen. Uh, I had James Conner in a few of my leagues, thankfully. Again, he put up 135 rushing yards, two TDs, five receptions, 57 yards receiving. Yeah, you did have that one fumble loss. Uh, you kind of glossed on Mike or Michael Thomas, who had the luxury of facing both him and Melvin Gordon in the league that uh, the guy put 165 when I put up 155. You had Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, you had Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, all these guys. We knew we were going to do good, and they put up lights-out numbers. So let's get into some of the fantasy duds. Man, Travis Kelsey, have yourself a day, good sir. Uh, one reception for six yards, 1.6 points for PPR. Uh, Trey Burton, uh, I had the luxury of having that. I mean, that that was my Derrick Henry for you. So, oh, God, uh, yeah. yeah. Derrick Henry was an absolute mess. I mean, you, so you, you drafted Trey Burton. Yeah, yeah, I did draft Trey Burton. I got him uh, towards the, la- the latter end of the draft. I think it was around the 13th round. But, I mean, I figured with all the hype around him in camp, all the analysts talking about how they were going to move around or Nagy was going to move around just like the chess piece of Kelsey and, and KC – Man, he, he looked great throughout preseason, and I figured what a you know what a meatball matchup going against the Packers linebackers. The Packers linebackers, the, the, their coverage backers were all injured. I mean, you have Josh Jones, the safety converted to hybrid safety slash coverage linebacker. He was out. You had Oren Burks, who dislocated his shoulder during warmups in the preseason. He was out. You have Blake Martinez, who's a, a good coverage linebacker, but he's kind of a, more of an off the ball chase backer. Um, so you had Alonzo, I think, I can't remember his last name, but I think it's Anthony, no, Anthony Morrison, who we just traded for, who runs like a, a, runs like a, a 5 2 um, Then a few others. So there was, he had a meatball matchup, and, I mean, I don't want to say it's uh, his fault because he was open on a few plays. I don't want to say it's Trubisky's fault or Nagy's fault, but I think it's a culmination of all of those. Um, Kareem Hunt, 49 yards, uh, one target for 4.9 fantasy points in a PPR setting that one kind of caught me off guard what do you think about Kareem Hunt's production you know it's really hard uh to grade out Kareem Hunt honestly that game took a way different turn than I expected it to take um you know Casey's passing defense graded out um 29th worst Mm -hmm. last week so I think that that game just evolved into a game that nobody was ready for at all. I mean, first off, the Chargers played awful. Like the, it's like it was a typical Philip Rivers game where yeah. it's just like this big, huge shootout, and then he throws an interception and turns mm-hmm. the ball over. 
Um, but I think that the most interesting part of that game was actually about how the Chargers uh, graded out against the pass. And, I mean, if, if you know, they did not do well. They uh, now <clears throat> are 30th uh, in the league in passing just from one week. And it's not really a huge, huge grading, but sure. um, they also graded 29th in the NFL guarding wide receiver one who... Tyreek Hill was a mess for them. You know, obviously, Jason Verrett's out. You know, they're yeah. having a really, really rough time on their... They've had, a, for the last three years, four years, a really tough time with DBs, aside from... Um, Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward, yeah, the old former Packers. So, well, I mean, it's, I don't know how closely, were you, or how closely you were paying attention to that game, but was Casey Hayward on Tyreek Hill the majority of the time? I read a stat that Derwin James, for when he was on Hill, blanketed him fairly well for a safety actually held him to zero receptions when he was on him I don't know how many times he was on him but I mean I know Casey Hayward if he was kind of stuck to his uh his number one his one downfall is speed so and that's one thing that Tyreek Hill well so I mean I'm trying to just picture this in my head I didn't actually have I was on a flight for for the game but um Derwin James it's like a four seven guy that plays nickel corner is that right slot corner no, no, so, uh, Derwin James, uh, coming out of uh, FSU safety, he was kind of like the jack-of-all-trades safety, and he had kind of like this this folklore legend that he was going to be the next Sean Taylor. Ends up running a 4-4 and then a 4-5 at the combine, but he definitely can hold his own weight and salt when it comes to actually running with people. I'm just surprised with Tyree But he did, they didn't have him playing safety. They have him playing nickel oh, corner. Oh, I got you, I got you. That's what I'm saying. You. They have him playing nickel corner, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so I don't – I can't in my head picture – you know, on nine, him covering Tyreek Hill. But I'd have to watch it. Um, I'd have to look at the film. Sure. But he obviously, I mean, Tyreek Hill had a freaking monster game. Oh, yeah. So nobody really, if the game plan was to just let him score, they did a good job. Yeah, great job. Yeah, phenomenal. Good job. I mean, I, I, looking at the stats, I don't think that they really struggled to put up points. No, no. Uh, um, and so, I mean, kind of. Switching gears, Derek Henry, I know you kind of wax poetic about him in the beginning, especially with his personal involvement on your team. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him, his production last week, moving forward with uh, Deion Lewis kind of sniping a lot of his carries? Yeah, so it's, it's very interesting because there's a humongous size difference between those two ball carriers. But Deion Lewis, I think, just has shown he can do more. I uh-huh. think Derek Henry can do more. And I think that he is the more upside back. But they wanted some twitch in that game. I mean, the game was delayed. They lost a lot of everybody. I mean, I would expected both teams to lose a lot of momentum. But it, <laughs> the, the Dolphins really didn't. Um, yeah. But, you know, they lost an offensive lineman. They lost Marcus Mariota. Delaney Walker was out. So no one's blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Delaney Walker, is an, he is oversung but underrated still as a blocker, passer. Um, and so for them to lose him was huge. So I think they just need a little bit more twitch. I'm not sure how they, the game plan unfolded, obviously, in the huddle. But I think that if Derrick Henry can show that he can handle those third-down responsibilities, he'll supplant Deion Lewis. I mean, I know they paid a bunch of money for Deion Lewis, but someone's going to pay a bunch of money for Derrick Henry next year. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm really surprised that he took so many carries. I mean, even in New England, I was surprised he took carries inside the five. He's not that big. He's a very small back, but... And in, he has an injury history, so I, I can't honestly speak on that. I'm about I'm touching that running back uh, backfield as much as I'm touching like a Patriots backfield. So, 
All right, yeah, kind of speaking on Derrick Henry, I think a lot of people are still waiting on him uh, to become the next Brandon Jacobs. And, I mean, size aside, I mean, that's pretty much where a lot of people are looking at. You have some 6'2", 6'3", close to 250, 260-ish type back. And he's got explosion, he's got size, he's got strength, he can catch the ball, he can do everything. But, I mean, you have a, a, a old wily vet in uh, Deion Lewis who just, you know, keeps outproducing him. And I, I'm kind of with you, you know, I'm surprised as many goal line carries he's got in New England, especially the same thing with Tennessee. Um, so I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised at the at the same time. I'm just ever just kind of waiting for Derrick Henry to take that next step and grab the reins. So as far as my fantasy duds that I have listed, that's a few of them. Do you have any extra ones that you saw that really uh, didn't outperform their uh, projections? Well, uh, my biggest upset, I guess, was I would say for me Devonta Freeman. I mean. Mm-hmm. He had uh, 36 rushing yards. I think they said he had a little injury. Three receptions on and for 14 yards, no touchdowns. Um, the Tevin Coleman thing wasn't really a big deal because Tevin Coleman only had like 11 points. Yeah. So I just, I, I, I think there's something wrong with that offense. I don't think there's anything wrong with the players. I think Matt Ryan is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Obviously, he's shown that in the last few years. Mm-hmm. I think Julio Jones is an all-world wide receiver. I think that Austin Hooper, also extremely talented, Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley. I think they have probably one of the top five most talented offenses in the NFL. But their offense is terrible. Yeah. For me to watch a Falcons football game and to see Julio Jones on the sideline is so upsetting when they're in the red zone. Oh, yeah. I, I just I don't understand it. If someone could explain to me what Steve Sarkeesian's drinking again, like I would be I would be liberated because Devonta Freeman to have eight points fantasy-wise is a sin. And for me, I'm trading for him in the hopes that people think, oh, man, he's terrible, and he just catches up because he is a very talented back. He catches. He's a three-down back. He blocks. I mean, he's just... He should be there, and he was my big disappointment this weekend. And so, I mean, you talk about Steve Sarkeesian kind of going off topic fantasy-wise. What do you think the odds are if he has another few clunkers of a game, if he still has a job as the Falcons offensive coordinator? I mean, who do you get behind him, honestly? You get a, an assistant. Uh, I mean, they interviewed Chip Kelly and him for the jobs. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, you're not going to follow up Kyle Shanahan with a lot of, you know, because Kyle Shanahan, he, he's, got, he's got the sauce. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know who you get behind him it's no, a I agree. it's I a it, it's like well, the think, best job in the world but it's like the worst job in the world oh sure especially when you have all those uh those offensive firepower you kind of have to use them if you can't prove that you can use them it's like what are you doing here but i agree i think you know i i definitely think that they took more than enough shots with julio to kind of get him in the red or get him in the end zone but like you said, when you see, you know, then the red zone, they cut to the sideline cam, and Julio's just sitting there grabbing his uh, his collar, just going, "What the hell are we doing?" That's kind of disheartening to see. Um, so switching gears from fantasy duds, surprise sleepers that kind of caught everybody off guard, uh, whether it was tremendously off guard or not. Adrian Peterson, 96 rushing yards, one TD. Biggest thing that that caught me off guard with him: two receptions, seventy yards. Man, I didn't know he could catch the ball, let alone stay in passing down, especially with Chris Thompson. <laughs> I actually days. like I double checked that honestly. Dude, man, it caught me off guard. Two for seventy, like where was the seventy? You no, know, the good news is he only had to catch two times. So I mean, he did pretty well with that. He got twenty three point six points. Austin Eckler, man, you have yourself a day too. It's kind of like a Deion Lewis type role, almost identical stat wise. Uh, for with how he produced in the, with the Patriots, but Austin Eckler, 
39 rushing yards, five receptions, 87 yards for one TD. Got him 23.6 points in a PPR setting, of course. Always Deshaun Jackson. I know you mentioned him, mentioned him in the fantasy monsters. Uh, this is to me, it caught me off guard, man. It's like I, you never know when the other shoe's gonna drop for a speed wide receiver. And Deshaun Jackson has he's not. A, I wouldn't say he's a one trick pony. But, you know, the tricks that he's good at, he's been phenomenal at. But when uh, Father Time catches up, man, this, it's not too forgiving on those speed wide receivers. Had five receptions, 146 yards, two TDs, 34.6 points. Ryan Fitzpatrick, again, you mentioned him in the Monsters, but not a lot of people saw him coming out putting up 45.28 fantasy points. Jesus, man, man. Yeah, 417 passing yards, four TDs, 36 rushing yards, one TD. And then, of course, Jared Cook, the guy who cost me my game. Nine receptions, 180 yards, 30 points. Uh, first of all, did you see any of those guys coming? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I actually kind of had a feeling about him. And Deshaun Jackson, I thought for like a DFS for Daily Fantasy Sports, that would be a good pairing. Uh, sure. I did run with them in one one cash lineup, and I, I cashed it. I wish it would have been a tournament lineup, but, um, you know, money is money. Uh, oh, yeah. The two people, or th- I would say, I'll, I'll have an honorable mention here. The two people that I really didn't see coming this weekend, and it, they're the monster performances are not um, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I would say Philip Dorsett really caught me off guard. Oh, it was yeah. very impressive. He had a hundred percent catch rate with TB twelve mm-hmm. uh, for sixty-six yards and a touchdown. I think to have seven targets on a Patriots offense is is very valuable. Um, and we all thought it was going to be Chris Hogan this week. Oh, uh, and it ended up being the Philip Dorsett, Rob Gronkowski show. So he mm. really impressed me. Um, the, my other person that really impressed me was Taylor Gabriel. Um, mm. And he only had 25 yards, but five, targeted five times, caught five balls. But he had an, him. Or Philip Dorsett's average separation at the point of catch was 4.4 yards. Mm. Taylor Gabriel's was six yards. So the next closest person to him was six yards away when he caught, on average, that's an on average, so one of them was yeah. even longer. Was, so I think that Taylor Gabriel with um, Allen Robinson is going to be like a pretty potent offensive thing. I, I personally thought Mitch Trubisky looked way, way better than he did last year, and I thought he had a lot of swagger on the field. I, I, I can't, you know, you can't translate swagger to fantasy points, but no. my, my honorable mention goes to Odell Beckham, who I didn't even have in my first round of drafts, but he had a uh, he third in the league for separation on targets at 4.7 yards, uh, targeted 15 times with 11 receptions, took A.J. Bouye to the cleaners. I mean, uh, when he was being covered by Jalen Ramsey, he, he had some good catches, but not a lot of yards, so mm-hmm. not, not a lot of yak. Uh, he just averaged just over 10 yards, 10 yards a catch, which, which is pretty good. Uh, but he hits my honorable mention just because I'm coming back from that ankle, and he played the number one secondary in the NFL, I think personally, uh, oh, yeah. and did very well. So uh, I think if he could be traded for, I would trade for him. Oh, absolutely! I think one of the uh, my honorable mention would be Philip Lindsay, a guy that I saw that you just picked up in our league. Uh, man, going up against, I want to say every time I want to say Hoist Freeman because Hoist Gracie, but you know, kind of sharing carries with Freeman in Denver. Lindsey damn near had the same amount of carries, man. He had six, or I think he had 15 carries for 71 yards, caught two balls off of three targets for 31 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's not a – he just completely overstepped Devontae Booker. I don't know if he was playing or not, but, man, it's like I think Phillip looked phenomenal in his spot role right there. Uh, what you said about Trubisky, I agree. He looked great, especially in the first half. I know the second half kind of fell apart, but I also know that 
uh, Nagy is he's phenomenal at scripting plays and playing to a lot of people's players' strengths. And I think, you know, Trubisky's strengths are his first – he almost has like a Rick Myers type uh, uh, QB-esque vibe about him. He's great with his first two reads. And it, it looked like Nagy was like, look, if it's not there on one and two, pull it down, make something happen. And that's what he did. And I think uh, the second half, that kind of got away from everybody. But I think he looked phenomenal in the first half. A lot better than, you know, his first night – Sunday night football with the Sunday night football jitters. He looked pretty phenomenal. So those are my two guys. So that was our week one wrap up. We're kind of moving on to week two advice. Just kind of glossing over some few things. Uh, Chad, it's, it's for, in terms of best matchups for running backs, wide receivers, QBs, tight ends, whoever you have, what are some of your most juiciest favorite matchups when it comes to fantasy? So, yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, Josh Allen's going to get the start here. Um, oh the boy. second week, oh and uh, yeah, I really like Shady McCoy this week uh, to have a rebound, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I expect him to get it like somewhere around 15 to 20 points this week, um, and I think, that, I think that he'll get better as the year goes on. They don't really have a lot of wide receiver support over there, mm-hmm. um, so I, he has to be the one doing things. He's not going to rush for a ton of yards, but that's not who he is anymore anyways. No. He's a, he's a pass-catching back now. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, again, uh, James Conner. I think he's just going to crush it again this week against oh, Kansas K- City. K- KC, yeah. Kansas KC City KC. allowed uh, – Kansas City proved last week that they can't handle the rush from Melvin Gordon and Austin no. Eckler, and they can't handle the catching from Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. And I think Conner benefits from being a lead back and a three-down mm-hmm. back. So I think he's going to go absolutely, absolutely insane. I think Phil Lindsay is going to have an amazing week this week against Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oakland got dominated by Todd Gurley like on every in every single way. Mm-hmm. I think Alvin Kamara is going to repeat this week. I think Jordan Howard is going to have a really great week. Um, I think that uh, Seattle's Seattle proved that they're just not the same defense that they Bro, were. Yeah. The and, Legion of Boo. The Legion of Boo. Jesus Christ. Legion man. of Boo. Yeah, Boo. boo and then uh, my other surprise, my last sleeper at running back is going to be TJ Yeldon. So if you can get some TJ Yeldon shares this week, um, I think that would be be wise. Oh, for sure. I think, like you said with uh, James Conner, the best thing that KC has going for him is their, their pass rush with D Ford and Justin Houston. Aside from that, man, it's, you know, with Eric Berry still kind of sitting out with the Achilles, and then you have, you have Marcus Peters traded off, you have all that stuff going on. They're pretty much built around their offense. You're, you're built around Tyreek Hill, you know, running a 4-2-40 down the field, and, and Mahomes just throwing it 90 yards on a rope. So I think their defense, when it comes to run stopping, like you said, Melvin Gordon, Eckler, they had kind of, you know, super issues to try or stopping them. I think Connor's going to have a field day. I know that Le'Veon Bell didn't show up again. This is Wednesday. He's going to be posted on Thursday, but he didn't show up again to the team facility, so therefore he's probably not going to play more than likely. Actually, definitely not going to play. So that, again, opens up the doors for a humongous game for James Connor to really put a stamp on uh, his involvement in the offense and Le'Veon Bell's potential future moving forward with the team. Uh, I agree with John or with Jordan Howard at the Seahawks, Legion of Boo, shell of what they once were. Uh, I really think see that he's just going to have a monster of a game. Uh, I mean, just moving forward, there's a few other guys. I mean, I think, uh, man, it's just there's, there's too many too many un, or too many variables to kind of help predict it. But I, I kind of agree with almost everything that you said. So moving forward with uh, sleepers, who are some of your favorite sleepers moving forward with uh, week two? Well, sleepers, uh, people that I would kind of target um, to trade for. So I know you kind of hated on him, but Trey Burton is my sleeper. 
He, oh, I uh, hope so, man. Put up a crappy thing, but they graded him. They graded the Packers' tight end coverage seventh in the NFL, which is pretty good. Um, I would say that uh, he will obviously. Uh, that was part of a regression portion of his year, so he'll improve after that. And it's hard mm-hmm. to regress from zero, but uh, you know, six targets. It's pretty good. That's a good amount of market share. With uh, like I said, Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson stretching the field. I think that he's the best tight end, maybe in that division. Uh, maybe Jimmy Graham's better, but uh, I think Kyle Rudolph's overrated, um, and they have a lot better options in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also really like Devin Funchess. Um, I, I know that he's gonna he disappointed Week One, but really that Carolina passing offense kind of disappointed Week One. Oh yeah. Um, if Marcus Mariota is healthy, I really like. Corey Davis as a sleeper. He had mm-hmm. 14 targets, which is like absolutely insane. That's bananas, yeah. That's insane. Um, you know, that's like Julio Jones, Mike Evans level right there. So, mm-hmm. two of those were in the red zone. I think that if he catches one of those, people are less angry at him. Um, so, those are my wide receiver sleepers. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Uh, it's not really like a sleeper thing. You got to roster James Conner in every single league that you're in. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, my <laughs> my one guy that I'm like really curious to see how he does this week is Will Disley. Um, oh, sure. I mean, I have no idea who he is. I don't know where he came from. I don't know what elementary school he went to, and I don't know if he's like, you know, what his favorite <laughs> dish. But I can tell you, he surprised the heck out of me. I looked at that stat sheet. And I was well, like, who's You Disley? don't know Will Disley? You don't know the legend <laughs> of Will Disley? Yeah, of course not. I, I thought the same exact thing. He kind of, the only thing I know about Will Disley is that his name is Will and his last name is Disley and that he was at the t- near the top of my, uh, my, my waiver wire pickup list on Yahoo. I'm looking at it going, who the hell is this guy? And so I kind of think the same thing. Uh, but back to that, I think a lot of your sleepers that you had were a lot of the sleepers that I had. Um, I think man, I, I don't want to bet against – any, I don't want to bet four, rather any of the Detroit wide receivers because they <laughs> play for Detroit and they play for Matt, under Matt Stafford. But I think uh, going against you know the, the Niners, I think Golden Tate has a pretty good game, man. I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing that matchup. He actually he was a lot more potent than I thought against the Jets. Um, they really utilized him. They kind of moved him around, used him like the old Golden Tate. Um, and then you had, I mean, you had Galladay or Galloway or Gall- I think Galladay. Yeah, so Galladay, yeah, Galladay went completely crazy yeah. that last game. I mean, he looked really good. Well, I think it's like between – you have your boundary wide receivers up there with him and, and Jones Jr., and I think that both of them on the outside, they look great, man. And that that really freed up Golden Tate from uh, playing, you know, kind of how Randall Cobb was forced into a perimeter role. Um, his Before Jordy went down with the ACL, Cobb was playing perimeter, and he was doing good at it. But as soon as Jordy went down, Cobb was forced to play that perimeter, especially with a uh, – uh, I want to say it was a sprained AC joint. And so I think Golden Tate's very much the same the mold. He's built a little bit more like a running back, but if you can utilize him in space, line him up in the slot, move him left, move him right, and actually make him a chess piece, that's his best move. And so I think with Galladay and uh, Marvin Jones Jr. on the outsides, man, I think he's going to have a, a pretty good day, a pretty solid day for the 49ers. Uh, let's go to waiver wire ads, must ads. I know you mentioned TJ Yeldon. What are your thoughts on him, especially if he's available in any leagues? Yeah, so TJ Yeldon, I think they he is now a starting running back. They're saying the hamstring was kind of minor, but I don't know that with with Leonard Fournette, you know that his injuries tend to linger. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, um, I like Will Disley. 
Um, I think that he will be a good tight end draft, especially since tight ends are really tight this year. Oh, People yeah. don't realize it's really tight. Um, with Greg Olson going down, mm-hmm. uh, he was like probably what he was like a top five, top five mm-hmm. guy. Um, it, it's kind of it's hard to feel out the tight end. Uh, feel, I mean, there's nobody else left. Um, yeah. I think Nick Boyle, Nick Boyle might be like a, another one that you could try and grasp at straws at. You couldn't really get a good assessment from him because it was um, like 47 to three. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. Eric Ebron, a good, another good tight end option um, if you need to really reach. I think that for wide receivers, obviously Cooper Cup was a good one. Philip Dorsett was really good. I was surprised and I'm very skeptical about the Jets wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how to feel about that. Quincy Noonwell looked really good. And then Robbie Anderson, his perennial one-catch, 60-yard touchdown, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was, uh, was good. And then Kenny Galladay that we also talked touched on a little bit more. Isaiah mm-hmm. Crowell, I'm sure he's not available in all free agent waiver wires, but he ran – so strong honestly Mm -hmm. like now that you think about it it's like sam darnold rookie quarterback jets they're kind of not a good offense but you see all the speed on that offensive side of the ball and you think isaiah crowell hits that sideline pretty quick so oh yeah um i was very impressed by him austin eckler was another one i i thought was pretty impressive um i don't really know how to estimate that timeshare in the backfield is it 50 50 is it 70 30 um i certainly think that philip Lindsay has a 50 50 timeshare and Mm. actually a really surprisingly good offense well you talk Um, about crowell a lot of people forget that coming out or coming into college he was the number one running back um and he actually went to the university of georgia and then uh he actually had a timeshare with him and the other number one and number two running backs in the country that followed him that joined Georgia, which were Todd Gurley and Keith Marshall. And so, I mean, he kind of had the perfect storm. Obviously, he had some off-the-field incidents, was you know kicked off the team, and he went and transferred and then made his own way to the Jets now with the Browns beforehand. But, I mean, he, he's a dynamic premier talent. And so if he's on – if any league, I think, if he's, on, if he's on the free agent you know list, go and get him. Um, going through a few other things, I think – you know, I know Deshaun Jackson went down with a concussion. He was kind of uh, knocked clean uh, towards the end of the game. I think Chris Godwin really steps in. I think he, he had a pretty decent game last game. I know he had a touchdown, and then I think he steps in and really kind of solidifies what made him a prominent player at Penn State, which was his hands, his route running, and, and he, he's got some juice in him. He's got some legs in order to get deep. Um, looking through, I really liked watching George Kittle, man. I was really surprised – at Garoppolo's uh, his rapport and development with him. I mean, he was constantly going towards him. He could have had a humongous monster game yeah, he had, really he, had, he, had he caught that, that deep pass um, that he dropped. But George Kittle, man, he, he really caught me off guard. I know you're the 49ers expert. Tell me a little bit more about Kittle, man. So Kittle, yeah, I mean, he's playing first string uh, tight end over there ahead of Garrett Selleck, uh, who is Brett Selleck's little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He was drafted last year, and he wasn't really very good until Jimmy Garoppolo actually stepped in, and he's been the go-to guy. He plays like that weird um, Levine Toilo Austin Hooper role, you know, mm-hmm. um, where he chips and then runs like a pretty interesting route. But uh-huh. that's like a Kyle Shanahan kind of deal. He's a pretty athletic guy. He's fast. He was injured in training camp, so he didn't play a lot of the preseason. Mm-hmm. But he looks good, and I would say that um, – from a fantasy perspective, he might like have an eight-point floor in a PPR league, which is pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll average five targets a game this year mm-hmm. uh, because uh, that's just kind of what 
uh, Kyle Shanahan does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a good floor for him. He does play a lot of pretty open secondaries this year. He'll play the Seahawks twice. Mm-hmm. He'll play the Cardinals twice, and he won't get coverage from Patrick Peterson. No. And then he'll play uh, the Rams, which will be a pretty pass-heavy affair as well. So I think that – and he plays the Lions uh, this week, which they ranked 25th in the NFL uh, this past week against tight ends. You see they got they got carved up. This. So this first week is pretty – misleading mm-hmm. um you know it's my value played last week actually was tyrod taylor um mm. and he ended up putting up 24 points um against the steelers but at the same time he plays the saints this week and we have two kind of like anomalies that are about to reach each other so i have tyrod taylor actually as my sleeper again for this week however the offenses are so different um the bucks and the browns Offenses are so different in different ways. They both have really potent offensive weapons, mm-hmm. but the Bucks are like fast and or big. Uh, yeah. Whereas the Browns are just like it's a pretty gritty group of guys. Like they don't mm-hmm. have like that Taylor. Ga- they don't have Taylor Gabriel. We haven't had Taylor Gabriel for like four years. They don't have like a burner. They don't have Corey Coleman anymore. He plays for the Patriots. Got signed for the Patriots. Um, so they have Josh Gordon, Antonio Callaway, and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry played lights out last week, and I think that he actually is a lot like Mike Evans, just not as long. Yeah. Um, they both run a lot of, um, like, screen passes, like, mm-hmm. you know, just dink and dunk stuff. But they're, Mike Evans is big, and he gets some really nice 20-yard go routes. Like, mm. you know, um, I think Mike Evans, he's, he's long, but he plays long. That's, that's the biggest thing. He definitely utilizes his side. He's not, or size. He's not a guy who really shies away and plays a lot more little than he actually is. Um, I think with the Browns wide receivers, I'm actually surprised. I, I think they do have a few burners. I think Antonio Callaway coming out of Florida, I know he had his off-the-field incidents, um, and then he had a few off-the-field incidents when he got to the Browns too. Um, but I, I know he came out of Florida, he ran a 4-4. He's a plenty fast guy. Josh Gordon coming out of, uh, I want to say it was Baylor. Yeah, he was um, uh, a supplemental yeah, draft supplemental pick. Supplemental draft pick, yeah. yeah, from the second round. I think, you know, coming out, he, his nickname was Flash Gordon for a reason. I think – I think right now, for the first few games, you're not going to see the burner that he is just because his hamstring injury. I don't know if it's still lingering. I'm actually surprised. They said he was going to be on a pitch count. He ended up playing damn near like 70% of the actual And plays. started the game, right? Yeah, he started yeah. the game. And so, I mean, I was confused because I wasn't watching the game. I was watching the game via uh, NFL.com's uh, game ticker. And so I was just kind of <laughs> sitting there fantasizing about – James Conner, you know, sitting on my roster watching eight yards, three yards, five yards, three yards, touchdown. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm not seeing Gordon's name pop up anywhere, so I figured he's not playing. And all of a sudden, the end, he gets like an eight-yard touchdown. I was like, oh, I guess he is playing. I guess he's on the pitch count. No, he started and played, you know, near 70%. So I think it's going to take him a little bit getting used to, a little bit uh, up to speed for them to really find their legs. Uh, but I kind of agree with everything that you said. Tyrod Taylor, like you said, had a really big game. Rest for another 77 yards. Classic Tyrod Taylor format. Didn't pass for a lot of yards, but he was efficient. And he did what he needed to do. And uh, I think somebody tweeted that it's the most the Brown like the most Browns way to uh, to break their losing streak is to not <laughs> win somehow. And so that made me laugh. So, I mean, I think Tyrod is the perfect general right now that you need for that team as they're moving forward. And they face, you know, a, a stifling pass rush, which is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, T.J. Watt had 
you know, four sacks. Uh, he even was the reason why they didn't lose the game with a uh, blocked field goal. And so they faced a pretty potent defense, and, and they came through. You know, they didn't come through with flying colors, but they didn't lose. So that, that that's the best part. <laughs> so moving on from waiver wire ads, uh, trade targets. Is there anybody right now that you were looking at as a lock to kind of really zero in on on potential coming up these next few weeks before everybody's kind of solidified their role? Um, yeah, so actually I'm definitely probably – I know it's not going to happen, but I'm targeting Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I'm targeting Trey Burton. Um, I really like those two specific players. I think that this was a very off week. Tra- Travis Kelsey had like one of like the most inefficient weeks yeah. possible. Um, T.Y. Hilton, I'm not sure that he'll go for uh, a low amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have 11 targets. If I can get a unsavvy owner to trade me a 15-point guy for like someone who overperformed, maybe... Um, like not Emmanuel Sanders because he actually I think he's gonna be good all season, but mm-hmm. maybe I could package like a an Amari Cooper or something like that for sure. for him. But T. Y. Hilton, I think we all saw Andrew Luck three hundred plus yards last week. I think he's I don't want to say he's back, but he's back. Oh, and man. then uh, Corey Davis, uh, which we talked about a little earlier. I would like I'd love to target him um, if possible because I think he's gonna be better. I think if Marcus Mariota just is more efficient and asks him to do a little bit less. I think he'll be a, a, a lot better. And then also, my last one, Zach Ertz, who um, didn't score but had 10 targets, 5 for, five for 48, 9 points. Um, you know, the tight end market is pretty tight, and I think that those tight ends that underperform this week are just they're good, and you got to target him when you can. Well, I think, uh, like you know, with Travis Kelsey, he's good for at least one game a year where you just go, "What the hell are you doing, man?" And so, I mean, and it's not it's not his fault. I mean, it's it, there's just so many breaks that go so many different ways throughout the game. Whether you know a certain play is called and a certain defense is called to disguise that play, or if it's his number getting called, or maybe the game plans for Tyreek Hill to run nine billion yards and score all the touchdowns, which effectively worked. Um, so I think. I, man, I, I know he's going to rebound. I hope that Trey Burton rebounds just for the sake that he's on my fantasy roster and that your prediction of him being a sleeper, even though Bobby Wagner and co. will be covering him. Uh, I agree. There's a lot of a lot to look forward to. So I guess the synopsis for this episode is James Conner is a bad dude. Alvin Kamara is a bad dude. Trey Burton, please do better. Uh, and then obviously the other teams that are facing against us, please just sucks so hard so that concludes this episode of dudes talk sports again i am will thomas along with co-host chad tujag we have a few closer announcements we are on twitter at dudes talk sports we are on instagram at dudes underscore talk sports and our url is www.dudes slash dash dash talk dash sports.com uh i also have my side project packers select uh, where you can just listen to me blab and blab on and on and on and on about the Packers draft prospects, upcoming draft or draft prospects, previous draft analysis, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, you can find that at Packers Select across all social media platforms and at www.packerselect.com. This concludes Dudes Talk Sports. See ya.